Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Champions of Care, a champion chair podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show as we explore some of the best medical equipment and more specifically strategies and methodologies for improving your patient experience. So thanks again for tuning in. And as we explore today's topic, make sure that you're heading to our website, Champion chair.com again championchair.com for more information on all of our solutions and services but also for more champion chair content including episodes of the podcast and articles videos blogs and more you can also find episodes of champions of care on apple podcasts and spotify so just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations plus notifications when we drop new ones So team, let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. On today's episode of Champions of Care, we're going to be breaking down government contracts. I know that's a big topic, but more specifically, we're going to be digging into some of the tools that government medical facilities like the DODs, the VAs, and the IHSs use to procure reasonably priced and effective medical equipment. And there are a number of quality tools out there for both buyers and vendors alike. U.S. General Services Administration and their Verified Products Portal. There's also their Business Systems Portal and Acquisition Gateway. We also have the VA's federal supply schedule, but today we're going to be making the case for the defense health agencies and defense logistics agencies, electronic catalog or ECAT for short, and the partnership between the DHA and DLA. So we're going to draw some comparisons between these various government contracts and really try to hammer home which one is useful in which scenario and why the DHA DLA contract is proving itself to be very versatile and very useful. And as an OEM of premium grade medical recliners ourselves, making sure that our commitment to quality is felt by government medical professionals is essential. So we partner with the best vendors out there who also have a commitment to delivering quality for government institutions. And today's guest is one of our key partners. The company is called CME, and they currently have government contracts with the GSA, the state of Massachusetts, and of course with the DHA and DLA. So we're going to offer perspectives again on what makes the DLA, DHA, ECAT useful, how it delivers on efficient and quality acquisitions, and we'll break down the benefits for both buyers and vendors. So joining us here to provide that insight is Mr. Bob Sharon. He's manager of government sales for CME. Bob, great to have you on the podcast. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And I'm looking forward to picking your brain on this and really making sure that we communicate to our audience the full scope of government contracts that are available today, whether they are a vendor or a buyer, and where the distinctions really lie and for what reason, right? Before we get into that, though, can you share with our audience just a quick elevator pitch summary on your background, right? How have you maneuvered through this industry and how does that inform your perspective today? Sure. Well, I originally started off in the home care industry and made okay. my way to distribution with CME and uh, been with the company for just about eight years. I'm now the government sales manager and have been for the last six years. So some of my time in the home care industry taught me a little bit about contracts because I was involved with the VA hospitals at the time. And that led me to where I am today. And, and as I've spent more and more time here at CME, I've learned more and more about government contracts and 
how can CME participate along with its vendors like Champion? Perfect. All right. Thanks for that context. Let's go ahead and jump into the meat of the episode then, Bob. You know, I want to, I guess, pose a starter question here to maybe clarify the scope of the conversation. You know, we're talking about DHA and DLA partnerships, their ECAT, but as I mentioned in the intro, there are a lot of other government contracts available. So, Can you clarify for us then why do government medical facilities have so many options for equipment procurement? Is that on purpose for a specific reason? Is this just kind of how it's developed as different sources try to build out, uh, you know, a a useful connection with the industry? What's the answer? That's a million dollar question, I guess. Well, not in everybody's everybody's mind. You know, I, I think about, you know, as time has progressed, I'm sure at one point in time, there were very few contracting vehicles available. And folks recognize the need to have something to streamline their acquisition process. And so there are many federal agencies, there are many state agencies. And in this case, we're talking about federal agencies. And if you think about Department of Defense, you think about the Veterans Administration Hospitals, you think about Indian Health Services, the NIH, CDC, there are so many different divisions of the federal government. I think initially they all started to say, hey, we need some sort of vehicle to procure more efficiently and to get the best possible cost from the vendor community. And so that brought on the establishment of these various contracts. And in some cases, in some of these agencies, they had multiple contracts that they managed, multiple types of contracts. But now we're seeing as as times evolve, and I think as technologies improved and communications improved and, and access to information's improved over time, I think there's sort of a move to streamlining further and maybe some of these agencies working together to utilize the same vehicles. For example, I think the VA has started to recognize that some of the DOD defense health agency uh, acquisition vehicles are probably more advantageous for them to use and tend to use their own or develop their own. They're starting to move in that direction where there's some sort of consolidation. So started off as nothing built into this larger massive contracts and eventually it seems like we're starting to move towards some consolidation. And so again, this is, you know, when we talk about the DHA, DLA, ECAT is just one of many available procurement tools for government medical facilities. So let's get more specific then. Can you draw some comparisons between the various tools that are available today for government medical facilities and their sourcing of premium grade equipment? Maybe more specifically, can you draw comparisons between the DHA, DLA, ECAT the GSA's uh, various portals, and then FSS contracts. Sure. We'll talk a little bit about similarities, and there are some differences as well. From a similarity standpoint, I think all these contracts are really designed for one primary goal, and that's ease of acquisition. How can they make it easier for the people in the facilities who need equipment, ultimately for the patients, whether they're veterans or active service members or you know, otherwise government facilities, to access the equipment and other products that they need? You know, all of these contracts, they have their own contracting agencies. So there are groups of people for DLA that manage the ECAT contract. There are groups of people for federal supply schedule that manage their contract. And then there are GSA contracting specialists uh, and, and officers. So they all have that sort of structure built out. But all the contracts are competitively, or should I say competitively, not competitively bid, sort of say, speak, but they're basically, you know, you, you have contracting officers who work with vendors like CME or maybe some manufacturers directly to negotiate the best possible pricing. And so all these contracts have pre-negotiated prices. So I'd say, you know, from a big picture perspective, that's where they're similar. 
from the you know differences standpoint, the processes do vary from from agency to agency to some degree, and the products that are available on each contract might differ. For example, the federal supply schedule has, I believe, eight different uh, subcontracts, if you will, with, under that FSS umbrella. And GSA had, used to have twenty five separate product categories, if you will, they've now consolidated into one contract. And then DLA has a medical equipment ECAT. They have a patient monitoring ECAT. So they have different types of ECAT. So the, the ball just gets bigger and bigger, but you can see that there's some, some aspects are similar from an overarching standpoint of why they, they were designed and how they were developed. But then from an execution standpoint, they are somewhat different. Do you find that the various tools uh, kind of compete for attention or for, you know, sales and vendors or do they, you know, I guess exist in their own ecosystems and to some degree benefit from being one of various options for these vendors or buyers? I don't think there's too much competition per se. I don't think if I talk to a, a DLA contracting specialist, they're not competing against the contracting specialist from the federal supply schedule. We talked about sure. some of the product categories being different. I will say DLA has a medical equipment ECAT and the federal supply schedule has a medical equipment contract well. So they do, from that perspective, they overlap each other. And so um, you might put products on one of those contracts or maybe both, depending on, on the scenario. But I wouldn't say they really compete. I do think they largely complement each other very well. And I think, again, as we see maybe over time, maybe some of these contracts will, will consolidate and maybe they'll you know discontinue some of these contracts and migrate to one. Sure. Now for medical facilities specifically, if we get really niche, what are the most different aspects of the three government contract tools when it comes to sourcing medical equipment? Do they have, you know, unique products in their catalogs or as part of their contracts? Do they hone in on just certain kinds of equipment, you know, comparatively? Give me your thoughts there. We focus on the three major contracts that we've discussed, ECAP, which is managed by DLA, GSA, which is managed by General Services Administration, and the Federal Supply Schedule, which is managed by the VA. The GSA schedule, I would say, complements the VA Federal Supply Schedule and the ECAP contract from, from DLA, and that it's everything other than medical equipment for the most part. And I'm simplifying it, of course. There's a lot of nuances that would take me probably an hour to go over with you, but essentially... The GSA contract is, is everything other than medical equipment and some other products that the VA manages on their own. So GSA essentially is sort of the overarching umbrella for all government purchases, if you will. They give authority or have given authority to the VA to manage eight different contracts. So those, those two contracts complement each other. And then the DLA ECAT really is sort of a redundant contract when it comes to you know comparing it to the federal supply schedule under some of those contracts. So medical equipment contract, for example, that exists in DLA also exists um, on the, the federal supply schedule. As a, as a buyer at a say a VA hospital, for example, they would generally look at their options in terms of what's available. If they're looking for a specific product, for example, they may say, okay, is this, if it's medical equipment, is this on the federal supply schedule? Is this on ECAT? And what's the best way for me to procure this equipment while remaining compliant with contracting process requirements? All right, Bob, thanks for that context there too. What we're gonna do now is get more specific on the DHA, DLA, ECAT, and what makes it actually unique in practice. And as 
hopefully our audience, if they have had interactions with the DHA DLA ECAT in the past, already know a part of what makes this ECAT particularly powerful is the unique synergy between the DHA and the DLA under the DOD. Obviously the DHA manages healthcare for the military and then the DLA, which is the contracting arm of the DHA, manages the specifics of those contracts that can really get in the weeds by being its own entity. And so they work in conjunction to first ensure a commitment to sourcing medical equipment in bulk, and then they work to negotiate the prices down to be affordable at scale consistently. And so at the very least, it sounds like this creates low-cost procurement at scale. And though this example is a little dated, back in 2016 on the DHA and DLA's website, they claim an already saved $34 million due to the service. And when they released that, the service was only three years old. So it was really just finding its stride. And I think that's telling of just how much it's able to save for buyers who are using this service. So Bob, can you get more specific for our audience on what the key examples examples are that showcase why the DHA DLA ECAT process creates savings for facilities, right? What is it about its inner workings that can lead to cutting down on costs? I think there's two things. You talk about savings, most people think money, you know, fiscal savings, and that's certainly part of it, and I'll address that. But the other part of it is also time savings. So to address the, the, the fiscal part of it first, you know, when you're a vendor and you're you're engaging with DLA on an ECAT contract, there's a lot that goes into it. They ask for a lot of information. They want they want essentially to get the best possible price that they can get for their customers, which would be you know DOD, VA hospital, Indian Health Services, and they do that by obtaining invoices from vendors like us. They'll do that by you know finding what they call you know the you know fair and reasonable price that the government can justify that they're getting the best price for similar entities from a purchasing power standpoint. That process of adding items to a contract or establishing a contract can take months. In fact, our initial contract took 18 months to establish and some of our modifications to our contract for additional items took six to nine months. So it is a long process. They're definitely detail oriented. They go through things with a fine tooth comb and, you know, it, it works for works for everybody in the end once it's established. The, the real key to, you know, the process after the cost savings is the time it saves the end users of the facilities to purchase. It's pre-negotiated like the other contracts, but, you know, somebody can make a purchase on an ECAT contract up to $250,000 without it going out to bid. Again, where some of these other contracts require a bid process even after the prices are negotiated. So that can shorten the time frame for, you know, a facility ready to purchase with funding in hand. It could go, it could go from 30, 60, 90, 120 days with maybe a GSA contract or a federal supply schedule, or it could be as short on DLE cat. DLA ECAT is three to five business days. So the other part I'll point out is, you know, through the bidding process with GSA and the federal supply schedule, when these, these opportunities are put out to bid for, you know, various vendors to bid on, it's usually brand name or equal. So if, you know, facilities working, say with Champion, for example, to procure the best possible equipment and Champion makes fantastic equipment, fantastic recliners. You know, you may have spent time explaining the clinical benefits to the patient and they may very well be interested in that product and try to procure it. But if it's brand name or equal, they might very well get something different than what they initially were asking for. Whereas if they're purchasing off of ECAP, they can simply go in and purchase exactly what they want. 
And the process again takes typically three to five business days after they've decided what they want and the paperwork is is in line. So it's a it's a, a cost efficiency and savings for sure, but time-wise, it's it's a big time saver. And when you can get the product procured from a facility standpoint at a, on a quicker pace, that's obviously good for their processes, but ultimately the patients, whether it's you know somebody military facility, healthcare facility, or a veteran who's in a, in a veterans hospital or somebody in an Indian health facility, getting that equipment to them in the most efficient manner. So they're getting the best quality care is super important. Now, beyond just cost savings, which, you know, I, I think the ability for the DHA DLA ECAT to leverage its resources well, you know, makes it very clear how it can create those savings and time savings, like you said. But would you say that this process also leads to more quality procurement or more efficient and quality at the same time? If so, how, right? Like how does time saving, cost saving also translate into procurement that is of high quality and is efficient? Yeah, I think you know, the products are somewhat vetted when through the process of establishing a contract, certainly certain requirements in terms of warranty processes and quality of product. But again, I'll get back to the quality being clinically speaking, if I'm a clinician at a facility, healthcare facility, and I know that a champion recliner is the best clinical product for my for my patients, and I try to order those on a federal supply schedule contract or a GSA contract. I'm not saying all the other products are inferior. I'm just saying maybe it's not exactly what's best for the patients. I might not get the product that I was requesting. I might get something different potentially if it's just a lower price. And the DLA ECAT, if I want a champion recliner as an example, I just place the order for the champion recliner and that's exactly what I get. So ultimately, if the product deemed to have the best clinical benefits to the patient, I think from a quality perspective, ECAT is the way to go. So with that in mind, then I'm going to offer a hypothetical here for our audience and let you maneuver it to turn that into some insights. So let's take an order of new champion medical recliners as an example, uh, just to you know give ourselves a little pat on the back, right? So walk our listeners through how the DHA, DLA, ECAT simplifies the process for both the vendor and the buyer. And then also the OEM champion in this case, right? We'll start with the vendor. So the vendor in this case, let's say is CME. How does the DHA, DLA, ECAT simplify the entire process for CME, the vendor in this hypothetical? Sure. We have a, a portal that we use for ECAT. You know, if I can compare it to say the federal supply schedule as an example, somebody wants to buy something in the federal supply schedule, we'll typically provide a quote to the facility for the products that they're looking for. That makes its way through the chain of command and into the logistics slash purchasing department. And, and then from there, it sort of goes out to bid many times. Again, I could spend hours going through all the minutia, but for larger opportunities for say 10, 15 recliners, it'll probably go out to bid. And that takes a while. Um, and so for, for us, we have to watch for that opportunity. Um, this is sort of the business side, I guess, not so much the clinical side, but we're watching for that opportunity and trying to put all the pieces together. It's not easy to track what's going on, I guess is what I'd say. So the process can take a while and it's, it's you know, for, for us, it's definitely not, you know, something that's a given that the sale is going to come through. You know, for working with ECAT, for example, we have our ECAT contract with products, just typically with the federal supply schedule, but we provide a quote with ECAT contract information 
it would go to the, through the same channels. It would go through the clinician or the department head or whoever, and then it would go over to logistics again at the VA. But once it goes there, it goes over to the ECAT contracting team for the VA, and then they work with DLA to place the order. Typically within three to five business days, there's an order sitting in our inbox. So it's a definitely a more streamlined approach, not only for other folks in this process, but definitely for CME as well. When it sounds like that efficiency creates cost savings and time savings for the vendor, CME in this case, obviously we can break out of the hypothetical here. CME does have a contract and does use the DHA DLA ECAT. So can you detail some domino effects that working with this ECAT has had on your ability to make quality business decisions and overall, you know, hit those KPIs a little easier? Sure. Well, we, you know, we have manufacturers that we work with on a regular basis and Champion is one of those close manufacturers. We have others as well. So we identify, you know, certain manufacturers and certain products that will help us to grow our business where we know that we've got a strong relationship where it's appropriate product for ECAT. And, you know, this, I would never say any, you know, sale is a given for, for sure, but when you have product on ECAT, it's pre-negotiated, you're working with your manufacturing partners and the customer, meaning DOD, VA, IHS, really appreciates and heavily utilizes the ECAT contract. There's a much stronger chance that you're going to win an opportunity when it's product is on ECAT versus other contracts. It's, it's just that simple. All right, let's jump back into the hypothetical now. I want to better understand how this it simplifies the process for the buyer. So let's say the buyer in this case is a veterans hospital. How does using the DHA, DLA, ECAT, again, simplify the process for them in this scenario? It's a really good question, and I can give you a really good example. We started working on our ECAT contract back in the summer of 2016, a while back, and we were probably one of the first manufacturers to have an ECAT contract, but it took us till January of 2018 to actually have that contract awarded. And upon getting the award, we initially got a call from one of the VAs asking to purchase some exam tables. And I was dumbfounded because I hadn't heard that VA was using ECAT. I said, well, this is a Department of Defense contract. Why are you asking me about this contract? And they explained that they now had access to the contract and so on and so forth. And that took a little time to develop as stakeholders and the VAs actually you know, gained knowledge about it and became more comfortable with the process and the fact that it was available to them. Little by little, by the end of that fiscal year of 2018, we saw more and more VA hospitals utilizing that contract. But to that point, I did some digging and spoke with various people in contracting at the VA and then spoke to actually one of the folks who trained the people in the logistics departments at the VA about how to use ECAT. So I had probably about 15, 20 minute conversation with him and he indicated to me, you know, the process before logistics getting the the request to purchase something hadn't really changed. What really did change was their process. What did they have to do to get a package ready for contracting? And so what he explained to me is, you know, a typical package that they would put together for federal supply schedule or GSA might take them, you know, four to five hours to put together. So you can see that's a lot of time. And then they would send it off to the, the local VISN contracting team, which is kind of a group region of VAs. They have their own contracting teams. And then they would do their due diligence and put it out to bid and, you know, request and the 
that go out to bid and you get responses and they have to determine what's the best best response in terms of you know contracting rules. So that process could take them, you know, and it could take them 30, 60, 90 days sometimes. There's protests that happen and all sorts of things. Then I asked about ECAT and he indicated that a package instead of taking four to five hours to put together in the logistics department took them about 20 minutes. So a pretty significant time savings if you multiply that by dozens and dozens of you know, acquisition requests that they would get. And, and then from that point on, they would take that package instead of sending it to the local VISN contracting team, they would send it along to the ECAT contracting team to the VA up in Cleveland, Ohio. And again, as I mentioned previously in our discussion, three to five business days, the, the acquisition is made. So it's a huge time savings for, you know, for everybody involved. And that's why the VAs and DOD facilities tend to gravitate towards the ECAT process. It's how do we get the job done in the most efficient manner and get the product that the clinicians requested and ultimately get it to the, to the patients who need it as quickly as possible. And now the final player in this hypothetical is the OEM. So, you know, we'll stick with Champion as the example here, but naturally Champion works with vendors like CME to distribute uh, these products. So with that sort of one layer of removal, does a DHA DLA contract or, you know, a maneuvering through the ECAT tool, does that impact the OEM in any significant way? If so, how? I believe it does. And, you know, now we're talking about the business side of the process or the acquisition. Right. And, you know, if I'm a manufacturer, I want my products on ECAT. And the reason is I've, I've got a, a team of people who are meeting with clinicians and facilities, explaining the clinical benefits of my product and how it's going to benefit the patients and, and the people working with the patients in the facilities. Because there are certainly with clients, for example, there's um, features and benefits that assist, you know, the clinicians in their job to keep them safe and physically safe. But ultimately, if you're a salesperson for a champion company and you spent five hours of your time in a facility, brought a demo in and kind of spent all that time with the, the facility explaining the benefits, and then they agreed that they really believe that that product was best for their patients. If it went out to bid on a federal supply schedule or a GSA, for example, there's no guarantee that the you know, the facility is going to end up buying your specific product. It could go to somebody else just because it's the lowest price again, and which, which price is certainly important in this process, but I think a balance of price and quality and clinical benefits to the patient means the most. It's a, it's a good balance. And so um, if you're on ECAT, like the champion is with CME, if somebody wants champion recliners and they're going to buy it on ECAT, they're getting champion recliners. It's a, it's a guarantee if that's the process that they're going to be following. All right, we're done with the hypothetical there. Hopefully our audience can glean some insights from you know what makes the DHA and DLA ECAT useful, regardless of if the person listening right now is a vendor, a buyer, an OEM, or another player, a medical professional potentially even in the larger healthcare industry. So Bob, I want to go ahead and start to wrap up here by getting a better sense for the DHA DLA impact in practice. So if you could give us some specific examples, how has CME integrated this DHA DLA ECAT and uh, you know larger contract into its business model and into its goals 
as an equipment provider? Has it actually you know, created sort of a chicken and the egg scenario where not only do you use it, but because you now have it at your disposal, you can you know, influence what you need from the platform to inform your larger goals as a business? We have you know, many segments of our business, and I think the DLAE CAT contract really fits well into our, our goals, our strategic goals, which is to provide you know, medical equipment and healthcare logistics and services to healthcare facilities by helping them reduce costs and providing product in a timely manner so that they can you know, take care of their patients or if it's a construction project, open their construction project on time. So it definitely fits into our big picture. You know, from a standpoint of our government sales division or our sales in general, it's a it's definitely, I would call it a revenue stream or a piece of the piece of the puzzle for us, pretty significant piece for our government team. So uh, it definitely is something that we use to strategize our sales growth and determining, you know, maybe what new products we're going to put on our contract and which manufacturers we want to work work with that would be the best partners to you know, leverage that ECAT contract. So definitely. Is part of our overall strategy of the company and within the company, the government division. So to close, can you offer some tips and strategies then for vendors and buyers on making their way through the DHA DLA ECAT program, uh, especially in a larger ecosystem of other government contract tools? We'll start with vendors, right? Offer some tips and strategies for our audience then on how vendors should secure these DHA DLA contracts. So obviously competitors would, would be, uh, some people would come on and do, do what we've done with DLA ECAT. You know, based on my experience and our team's experience, the first thing you need to do is identify the contract that's out there, find it. So it is out there. It's a sort of a perpetual open solicitation. So folks can, you know, search for it and then read through the contract solicitation don't recall the number of pages exactly but i think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 200 pages so you really need to take the time to understand what you're getting yourself into there's certainly a commitment of time and gathering of, of quite a bit of data and recognize that you need to be very patient with time because um you know this is a pretty popular contracting tool right now and there are many vendors out there seeking to secure an ecat contract then once you're working with your contracting team, it's a matter of being open and transparent and, you know, working with them, you know, you have to help them help you, basically. It's definitely not a situation where you want to create some sort of a standoffish uh, adversarial relationship. You obviously have to draw the line between how, how comfortable that you are with them in, in certain circumstances as a negotiation process, but you can certainly have a great relationship with your contracting people, provide data as they ask for it, the way they ask for it. And you find generally speaking that the process would be much more streamlined and will happen more quickly, but it does take time for sure. And then can you offer some tips and strategies for how you think buyers that are using the program should maneuver the tool to make the most of the service, especially in conjunction with other contracts and other procurement tools that we've mentioned already on the podcast. If I were a person at the VA facility, say I was a nurse manager, a nurse manager may not know much about ECAT, but to be aware of ECAT and essentially what that tool does is certainly helpful. And if they're not aware, they would want to talk to their logistics department to see if they can shed some light on you know what ECAT can, can help them with. Ultimately, the matter of when you're working with a manufacturer, ask them, you know, is the product on ECAT? If you're working with a vendor like CME, is your is the product on ECAT? I think that's really a good question to ask. And that that's basically what they need to ask and what they need to know. If it's on ECAT, 
you know, the process will be shorter typically, and then we'll get the product that they, they need for their patients ultimately. All right, Bob, any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with before we wrap this episode? Thank you for all your context so far. Well, I don't have anything specific. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to share some, some insights. I'm certainly not the, uh, Foremost expert on everything, but um, if I've helped anybody with the information regarding ECAT, I'm glad to have done so and appreciate the time with you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say folks out there hear the podcast, they want to learn a little bit more about what the DHA DLA ECAT tool actually has to offer. Are there any resources on CME's site or any other, you know, third party or even the DHA DLA's uh, resources that you uh, recommend we point them to? By any means, they can contact me at CME. We have contact information on our website at uh, cmecorp.com. If they're looking to find more information just in general about ECAT, there is a landing page on DLA's website for the ECAT contract, and there's a volume of information as well as a copy of the solicitation on that website. So if they just do a little bit of Googling, literally five minutes, if they want to learn more about ECAT, they'll find the volume of information about it. Perfect. All right, Bob, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us and coming so prepared and breaking down the specifics of the DHA DLA ECAT, how it compares to other medical equipment procurement tools that are available for medical facilities today, specifically government medical facilities. And I hope our audience can glean some insight from this and get a better sense for how to use each tool for its you know best purpose, right? Maximize every resource at their disposal. So again, Bob Sharon, Manager of Government Sales for CME, thank you for your time today. It's really been a pleasure getting to chat, and I hope to chat with you again soon. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate your time. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Champions of Care, a Champion Chair podcast. If you like what you heard and saw today and you want some more Champion Chair content, make sure you're heading to our website, championchair.com. Again, championchair.com and make sure you're subscribing to champions of care on apple podcasts and spotify and make sure you uh, peruse all of our resources to make sure you're up to date on what resources you have at your disposal to make sure you have the best equipment possible for your medical facility i'm your host daniel litwin the voice of b2b and we'll catch you on the next episode of champions of care